1: Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast.
0: Hey everybody, welcome. I'm Rick Strawn, President of Paradigm Security Services, and welcome once again to Case in Point, presented by the same Paradigm Security Services. We're excited to be with you today on Business Radio X and we're coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel and here in Duluth, Georgia. I want you to be sure please and hit that subscribe button if you're listening on any of your podcast programs, platforms, please hit that subscribe button for me. Each week we plan to feature businesses and people in the Atlanta area, especially those people and businesses that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we will touch on that in all related aspects to security as we go through the course of each show. My guest today, I'm very happy to have Miss Erica McCurdy. She is a candidate for the state house in District 95, and I just love sitting here and looking at a beautiful redhead across from me, and it just uh, warms my heart. (laughs) But not only that, you're a beautiful person inside, and. You know, well thank you one of the things because we know each other one of the things that I'd like to do my first question I always ask people who is Erica McCurdy for people that don't know or just don't know that much about you just know kind of who you are where'd you come from what got you where you are what do you do um, why do you want to do something like run for a political seat
1: that's a great question and it's so much fun to be here so thank you for having me let me make sure I say that first and um Yes, so for those who don't know me, um, I'm a native Atlantan, so I've been around for a minute, and I grew up um, just outside of Gwinnett County in Sandy Springs, one of um, seven blended family, kind of interesting, so we had a super fun growing up. Um, I am married to another Atlanta native, which also makes it fun, so we have a lot of... That's unusual. It is unusual, and we both went to the same high school. He's a little bit older than me, but... Um, On one of our first dates, um, his sister pulled out one of the yearbooks, and I figured that was the end of our relationship. (laughs) 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 But somehow we survived that embarrassing moment. Um, So um, I have three children, and um, they were educated in uh, Gwinnett County. They are, one is in law school, one's in med school, and one is wow. at Furman University, and she's a pilot, so. Um,
0: that's interesting.
1: It is pretty cool. So you can see my retirement plan in action, <laughs> but, um, so I, f- I feel like I'm pretty well set up there, but a little bit about my background. So I started off in telecommunications, and um, when I left telecom to raise my family, I just didn't do real well sitting down. I'm a businesswoman at heart, and I left to start a pretty cool company called Georgia Sanitation. mm mm-hmm. A lot of people around the area are familiar with that company, and um, so we started it with just one truck, and I hung on the back of the um, truck, tipping cans, doing anything that was necessary to grow that company, which we ended up selling in 2006. Um, I've done a lot of different things after that, and currently have my own consulting company that helps both executives um, and our first responders, um, something I'm very proud of. Um, most of my clients right now come through an organization called the seal future foundation so i have um, a large number of our navy seals that i work with um, very passionate about our veterans and help them as they're retiring and figuring out what's next
0: well you know that working with first responders i know that's that is a a true passion with you Uh, and as a First responder, prior first responder, I can tell you we appreciate it very much.
1: Well, thank you. I do want to answer that other question that yes. you asked me though, because you asked me why would I do this? Exactly. Why would somebody who has a career, who has a great job, and I have to tell you, I think I have the coolest job on the planet. I, I'm sort of sitting here with you thinking you have a pretty cool job too, so. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, I wake up every day and feel like my clients are my family and love them. But, um, In the last election, um, the seat that had been held for a long time by a conservative um, was lost by just a handful of votes. And I felt like our district needed somebody who was deeply, deeply committed to our local community. Um, Someone who woke up every single day thinking about the people who were living right around her, who was spending their time getting to know them, serving them, thinking how to make things better, Um, Who had the time willingness and and need true need to devote themselves to the people? Um, and um, I Never in a million years thought that was going to be me, but with my children out of the home and With a business that I operated that allowed me to have the flexibility of schedule um, I felt like this was my time to be able to do that and for the last 30 years I have been spending my time giving a minimum of a hundred hours back into our community and um, I believe that our, our district needs someone who is that deep and that committed every single day.
0: I tell you, I can't agree with you more. <laughs> I see in my business, I see a lot of people that are focused on helping and giving to them. I hate to say giving back to the community. I just I hate that phrase giving back because, you know, you're, God gives you what you, you've been given because you work generally and earn it so my idea of the giving back is to help people step up and be able to to get back and do what they want to do so they can be successful and not so much as giving them a handout but a hand up and there's too many people today that when they think of um, giving back to the community they think of a handout and I think that's just a, a bad attitude and I know you feel the same way because you're always with your hand out, extending, trying to help people up and and out. You've been, I know, you have relationships with the uh, addiction community, and I know that is uh, another passion with you as well as your husband. And so there's always uh, that that part of your life that is involved with helping other people. That that's what it's all about is is helping other people.
1: For sure, and you know when we talk about that and we talk about serving. Um, I make no mistake. I'm not talking about wow. Well, here comes another, um, you know, country club mom volunteer who exactly. thinks that she wants to do something. Um, I am a true businesswoman who has actually signed both sides of a paycheck. I know what it's like to work for an organization, but I also know what it's like to build a business and then create jobs.
0: And you don't mind getting your hands dirty doing <laughs> it. No, no,
1: no. <laughs> no. I know what it's like to talk trash, take out the trash, do whatever needs to happen. <laughs> whatever you and need to do. <laughs> whatever we need to do. Um, but it is really important, employability is key. And um, so creating those jobs, knowing what it's like in the morning to wake up and know that if you don't do what you need to do then people don't have work families don't get fed to know that that kind of pressure is important especially over the last um, six to eight months as we've dealt with record unemployment as we've dealt with people trying to figure out what's next the idea of having somebody who represents our community who understands how important it is that we do this right as we rebuild and who's had experience trying to help people both in their own business and now as a profession understand that employability environment is really critical
0: well i saw an interesting take from uh, the uh, biden's thing on the politic level that said that uh, they're the camp saying that for the first time that uh, the unemployment is higher now than when he took office this type of stuff and I'm thinking, God, did y'all miss this thing about where it was the highest it would ever been? And now all of a sudden, because of all of this pandemic, when we were forced to do this, that's why it's where it is. And it's honestly, <laughs> you know, y'all use that one. That's going to be that's going to work for you. I love that. Well, let me ask you this. You, you mentioned owning a business. So what was it like, you know, owning a small business and creating those jobs? And what about workforce development? Because yeah. right now it's big
1: absolutely i mean there's you know if when when we're talking about the things that matter i think there's three things that are really um, on people's minds once we move um, past obviously the the covid pandemic Um, you know we're thinking about things like strong schools we're talking thinking about safe neighborhoods and we're talking about economic opportunity and um, so it's really really critical when we focus on that economic opportunity piece that we're talking about things like providing the tools the training the programs and making sure that we're removing any types of barriers to business growth and um, i know when i was building um, georgia sanitation and when i help my clients who are figuring out what's next for their businesses we know um, because of research that there are certain levels of business growth where there's barriers we know that at 25 employees say um, there's a, a plateau where it's difficult for businesses to grow past that we know at then 125 employees it gets harder we know at certain levels that it becomes more difficult for businesses to grow so um, we have the governor's office is doing incredible work to try to make sure that we don't put additional restrictions in place and georgia is really leading the country in those efforts but it's leading it at a higher level than even our smallest businesses and so here in gwinnett we have a ton of small businesses we have incubators we have just um, a whole lot of entrepreneurs who are trying to do their best so what we can do here locally is continue to encourage that and i know when i was a small business owner i had to continually make decisions about whether i was going to invest in one direction or another and most of those had to do with whether i could afford to create another job. Mm-hmm. And so um, those were the kind of those are the kind of decisions and that kind of real world experience that i'm hoping that i'll bring to the state house.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that that idea of creating another position is actually a bottom line figure, bottom line thought process because It's like with us, we put a lot of people to work. We need workers now. We're desperately trying to find officers that will go to work at security. But then when it comes down to hire, do we hire another person that's a salaried position, that is a non-billable position, that comes just, I mean, nobody's paying for it. You're working to pay for it out of whatever you're looking to put to the rest of your company to do other things. A lot of people don't realize that that's the big part of business is, how do I hire somebody that I can't bill for, I could just pay? What kind of value are they going to bring me? So it's an interesting process that you have to go through as a business person. My wife and I do that uh, on a daily basis just about right now because we're at that point of needing to do different things and as we're growing and doing it. So well, you know, we, you talk about we have more in common than differences.
1: <laughs> we do. What
0: do you mean by that? And sure. Who is we?
1: Yeah. So, um, and I say that constantly. So, um, there, it, it means a couple of things. Number one, um, as a person, I've always struggled with this idea that decisions are binary, that you have to be one thing or another, that it's either X or Y, that it's, um, you know, that, that you have to be pro this or pro that. Um, t- life is just not like that. Things typically are more gray and you can support one thing and support another thing. So you can believe that we can do better socially, but you can also support our law enforcement. That's a really good example of that. Um, I had at one point gone through and um, had one of um, the members of what I call Team McCurdy um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, go through and try to figure out how many decisions does a state representative make in a, a session you know, during the year. And um, not just how many votes, but how many different decisions does a state representative have to make? And, you of course, we're not talking about like, oh, I order lunch or something, but just how many different kinds of decisions. And it's over 2,600 decisions. That's a lot of different decisions. I'm
0: surprised it's that (laughs) few, if you're really working.
1: Well, yes, for sure. But, um, you know, and I'm sure that there's lots of little ones that don't get recorded. But I just wanted to try to get an idea of how many decisions was I being asked to make on behalf of the constituents in my district. And as I thought about that, and I thought about the fact that um, during a campaign, you actually narrow that down to maybe three or four different um, issues or topics. And then on those, everybody tries to make those binary. You're either this or this. And if Mm -hmm. you're not mine, then somehow you're wrong. But then there's 2,600 others that um, in most of the cases, we would agree are really in the best interests of everybody and i do believe that in a district like the 95th we have more in common than not we want the best interests of our families we want strong schools because it helps our children and it helps our property values and it helps people want to move and live and work and grow their businesses here we want to have our neighborhoods safe we love our law enforcement um gwinnett county has an incredible training program and an incredible law enforcement yeah, program. Absolutely. And so um, we really do support them. We want economic opportunity. We want businesses to come here. We all, in a general sense, believe in these things. We do have more in common. And we're looking for people to be willing to say, look, we can do that. And we want folks who care about the local area. We want folks who we see having dinner here we want folks who we see helping out we want folks who our kids are going to recognize and wave at and who are walking their dog around and those kind of things and I think that's what I mean by that
0: And yeah, I think everybody wants to be able to go down to the restaurant whatever part of the county the city the state that you're in they want to go down and be able to safely eat a bite have their kids play in the park they don't want to have to worry about what's around the corner what's hiding behind a bush And that comes with a good, secure feeling of law enforcement. 100%. Uh, So, you know, there's a layout for people, just for those that don't know, what the border area is for the 95th.
1: Sure. I'm glad to, um, and I'll do it in a very general sense. So, um, the 95th incorporates five cities. Um, It's Peachtree Corners, Norcross, Berkeley Lake, and then um, a small amount of Johns Creek and Duluth.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm well that way people kind of get an idea uh for those that don't know i imagine most most people that at least pay attention know what district they're in and you know what their boundaries they don't really care they just know that well i don't know exactly where the boundaries are but i know i'm in it so that's good. Well, let's talk about um, your approach to solving problems. Yeah, to see sure. you know, little soundbite <laughs> politics.
1: Um, I, yes, absolutely. So one of the things I absolutely cannot stand is this idea of soundbite politics, and we've seen that all over the news. We've seen that. Um, fortunately we're not seeing it here so thank you so much for that but I feel like I won't
0: throw too many at you no. but now that you mentioned it no.
1: yeah there you go or if you want to do it well at least we can laugh about it can we please just laugh about that for a minute because I will tell you that's one of the things that drives me crazy almost as crazy as this idea of having to choose a side instead of really digging into an issue and figuring out what people are trying to trying to to play
0: around and get one of those gotcha things
1: i know it make it does make me crazy so um what i've seen a lot of and i've seen a whole lot of it this year because leading up to an election year especially a big controversial election year people are continually trying to push people into corners and try to uh, force a decision but every time there is a decision to be made and this is what i've done i've been sitting on boards for a long time Um, At least 20 25 years I've been on at least one board of directors or another is that when you make a decision um, you've got to think about first of all why you're making that decision and you have to think about you know questions like who is benefiting from this decision is there a personal motivation at
0: Yeah, consequences
1: yeah Um, because a lot of times things come up and it sounds really good until you start to dig into it it's like so is there really a need for this decision to be made or is there already something in place to solve this and that goes back to our businesses a lot of times we don't need additional regulation something already exists Um, i also like to think a lot about who's being left out of a decision and um, you know this is something that has really appealed to a lot of my moderate supporters is this idea that if we look at a decision that's being made have we inadvertently left out a group Mm -hmm. that really needed to be included or will this decision hurt a group of people Um, I love that that thought, because sometimes something can sound like a great idea that will help a group of people, but in the long run will actually end up hurting them, and we need to think about that long-term benefit.
0: Those unintended consequences.
1: Absolutely, and I've seen that happen time and time again, where something that we think fixes a problem today actually ends up with a long-term social or financial hurt to a particular group of people. Um, another thing is are we solving a single situation are we really solving a long term problem so if we just do a quick fix we're going to revisit the situation because it's we've made it worse so I love to look at that as well and make sure we're just not putting a band-aid are we fixing something because we've put a change of verbiage in a bill or are we really actually fixing something So these are the kind of questions that I go through, and I go through this, not just politically, but in everything that I do, whether it's a business decision or a board decision, or even with our family, we think about these things before we do something.
0: It's funny you said that Band-Aid, because I was thinking exactly the same thing. Do you heal something, or you just slap a Band-Aid on it, and the next thing you know, it gets infected, because it's unintended. You really didn't do anything, and that's very much the way that we are with our policies, and we've seen it over the years. We've seen a lot of stuff coming off the books that were totally unnecessary, uh, with regulations and stuff that have actually spent a lot of time hurting the U.S. in growth and in, and it doesn't hurt in the environment and everything else. But a lot of the regulations just kill kill business, and we've seen a lot of that come back. And I think we're going to have a, an awesome future four years Uh, that's just my personal opinion
1: (laughs) well we can solve a lot of problems if we think about it up front it's (laughs) much harder to undo a mess than it is to um, take a little bit of time and think about it on the front end
0: oh absolutely and it doesn't really take that much thought to really say whoops we let's give it a little more thought um Gwinnett County is probably the most well I don't even say probably it is the most diverse county in the state of Georgia we are, they say, what it's going to look like 20 years from now in the United States. Gwinnett, we're already there, and we're learning how to interact with it, deal with it, promote it, and grow with it. Uh, so when it comes to social enger- engagement, diversity, and you know, living local here in this area, give us your thoughts. And yeah, your views.
1: sure. I, first of all, I think it's super cool. Um, oh, I do too. I love it. I absolutely love it, and um, it is one of the reasons why I have so much fun getting deep and engaged in the community Um, in fact just a couple weeks ago we had a really super fun um, parking lot event in norcross we had um, local folks from the hispanic community come and make homemade street tacos it was just the best Um, you know one of the things that um, i've been trying really hard to do during this campaign because there have been some top line issues that seem to be um stealing all the headlines but there's other issues that are important to a number of different groups within our community so Mm -hmm. um i do facebook lives um just about every other week making sure that we keep other issues at the forefront so um I am still talking about what we've now come to call social justice, and I, I've been doing that in a little bit of a unique way. Um, so instead of you know a lot of talking heads sort of talking at the screen instead of to each other, I've just been putting my friendships on the line um, because I have cool. a super diverse friend group. And so we've been talking about our long-term friendships and what that's looked like and then what this year has looked like. And so that's been my way of um, sort of talking about what this year has, has felt like. Um, but we're also talking about addiction, about foster care.
0: Right where I was going. Yeah. And transportation, which is one of the big issues that is keeps Absolutely. hitting us every time.
1: So I did a Facebook Live about transportation and technology and the blend of those and where we could see the future of transportation headed. Um, so I've done them on um, veterans issues. I'm doing a ton of them. I actually have three different series going. I've color coded them. Um, so one is on COVID and families, one of them is on social issues, and then one of them is on um, what I call transformative conversations, which is what we think of as like a social justice kind mm-hmm. of series. Well,
0: let's tackle, let's pull one of them out of there let's talk about transportation because that is a biggie. <laughs> So, you know, and I think people need to hear how how our people that want to be elected stand on this issue. Sure. There's you know,
1: interestingly, it's the one that got the least amount of viewership of all of them, which I thought was kind of funny. I thought that would be super hot.
0: I think it, it tends to be that I think far too many people have their minds made up before it ever hits, before they ever even read anything about it. And I think that's why the interest seems to be low is because people think i don't need to hear this i've already heard it i know where i stand but i think it's important to know where the people that are going to be voting on it stands and going to be proposing and making amendments and and where the people that are coming into office stand on it so
1: sure and when you say transportation are we talking about marta or are we talking about a lot of other things because transportation is a huge it
0: is i'm talking about Well, MARTA is one of the considerations. Um, I'll keep my my (laughs) feeling on that private right now because I don't want to influence yours. Um, But MARTA, our overall mass transit transportation issues that we have in Gwinnett County because something's got to be done. Are we headed the right direction with, once again, trying to co-opt into MARTA, or is it going to be something that we need to do strictly the... Gwinnett Metro, um, and tie in, I mean, just what are your thoughts sure, on it? Sure.
1: And I'm not sure that I have an answer. I will tell you That's that. Good. Um, so, you know, I would love to be able to, you know, come in and say, gosh, I have the answer and it's, you know, 17 or no, I just mean
0: your thoughts. What are your thoughts yeah. on it? Which so, is-
1: um, so here's the thing. Um, interestingly, transportation was my vertical when I was in technology. Um, when I worked at Bell South, I was, um, one of the one that was tapped to go up to washington dc and be part of the president's council on transportation and technology so it has been a passion of mine and an interest of mine for a very long time Um, and then of course having a sanitation company and just kind of being a technology geek um, i think that transportation is something that that um, needs to be addressed Um, and then Peachtree corners of course has the Smart Cities Initiative. Absolutely, and um, I have.
0: It's terrific too.
1: It is incredible, and I have ridden Ollie, the, um,
0: the <laughs> autonomous, autonomous vehicle. Yeah, the autonomous vehicle. So,
1: um, and and I am a believer that we have some some innovative technology solutions um, that we haven't even begun to really explore. So, um, you know, I think all of these things together are going to do some things to minimize the impact do i think that heavy rail is going to be the solution i'm not so sure me either um i i don't know that um, atlantans and certainly suburbanites are ready to take that as the solution Uh, when i worked at bell south i rode marta because um there was a stop in the basement of my building i worked in the tower downtown um so you know i i have had direct experience with that And um, I'm just not so sure that that is what the average um, person wants to do for their commute. However, I do think that there are some potentially some light rail solutions that may be smart. I think we have only just begun to understand what the smart lanes, what smart traffic lights, what um, the integration of um, even smart stop signs and the technologies in our vehicles can do. I think COVID has begun to show us that um, we can do more with remote and flexible schedules than we ever have before um, of course I'm concerned about what that's going to do the to the commercial real estate market and things like that but um, there are some incredible initiatives going on that um, show us that micro changes can have macro impact so
0: that's a good way of putting it
1: that's that is where I believe we're going to start seeing some things that are going to really revolutionize what heavy
0: rail is so expensive it is very uh, expensive. There are, so, there are so many things that you can do outside of heavy rail that I'm, you know, my view is it's kind of, I'm, I'm not real thrilled about the idea of heavy rail. Uh, you're talking about a short distance. You're talking about a short amount. And you're talking about tremendous expense.
1: Absolutely. Well, we were... Um you know back in the day when i did go down there atlanta was just not set up from an infrastructure standpoint the way some of our other um, great cities were so Mm -hmm. you know we want to compare us to a new york a chicago a paris some of the cities that have an incredible grid-like structure with their metro and we we don't have that infrastructure we just have basically the t set Mm -hmm. up and so um without that infrastructure to go back it's you know honestly as i think about it um, it's right back to when I talked about making a good decision on the front end, not that it wasn't a good decision, but when we c- talk about making a decision, let's say, on a bill um, passage, you have to think about the long-term impact. Um, had we set up our infrastructure in a grid-like pattern in Atlanta, you may have gotten a very different answer from me on exactly. what I thought about that.
0: Well, let's move over to, I know you're big on sporting education, when it has absolutely the best education system I've ever seen. So... Talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on educating, maybe getting these kids back to school.
1: <laughs> yeah, so let's let's talk about education. I want you to know that um, I'm an incredible supporter of our educators and administrators. My mother was an educator. Um, I am a dork who loves school, so <laughs> <laughs> um, I have friends who are educators. Um, if you follow me on Facebook at all, you will know. I love know. it when
0: my grandkids are in school.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, You know, there are some things that that we know, no matter which side of this you sit on, um, we know that children thrive when they can be together. Um, We know that um, our teachers and our administrators are doing everything they can to make the very best decisions that they can in a a really difficult situation. Um, So um, I do believe in supporting our educators and our administrators instead of accusing them or um coming at them or attacking them i think those are poor ways to handle the situation one of the things that i did um, right before school went in in fact was to gather the community together and just say you know here's two things that i think we can agree number one this is a really really difficult decision for everyone to make and number two prayer helps so can we take just a few hours of our time come together and stop arguing and just let's support our teachers our administrators and our students and our families Um, And we had, um, I'll probably get in trouble for this because I think you're only supposed to have 50, but over a hundred people started showing up on the soccer field. Just call
0: it a riot, we're all right. Yeah,
1: (laughs) we had so many people show up. It was (laughs) really-
0: excuse me, a a protest.
1: It was really pretty incredible. Um, I I put politics aside, this was nonpartisan. It was just something that was really important to do. Um, You know, um, I would say this was in direct counterpoint to to what uh, my opponent chose to do at that moment. Um, And you- we just need to support them do i think that in the long run it will be in the best interest of everyone to get everybody back in school i do do i trust that the people who know more than i do about this are making the very best decisions they can under what i would think are virtually impossible situations absolutely and that's why we've entrusted them to make these decisions so i have
0: to support them well good for you um and i and i agree they're making i've got uh, my son-in-law is a teacher at collins hill and, you know, I've got a lot of friends in the education field, and they're, they're working hard to try to make it safe. Uh, there's a lot of different views about it, but most of them think, you know, there's too many people that are just playing this and complaining and worrying too much that, you know, I don't have to do anything. He says, I've got a plastic around my desk. They can't even get to me yeah i'm um, just I'm kind of really interesting there's
1: there's a school of thought when i um worked at north point um that i was taught it was um i was told at one point to surround yourself with good people and then exactly. listen to them and it was the second point that mattered you could surround yourself with the best people but if you refuse to listen to them then it does you no good and um so i do my best to listen to them and i feel like that's what gwinnett's trying to do
0: that's what I like about our current president. He does surround himself with a lot of people, and even though people talk about it a lot, he does listen, and he just doesn't listen. And he listens to everybody. And then he, but he, big difference between now and in the past is he actually makes a decision based on what his decision is. So we'll, we'll move away from there. Um, I could talk with you about so many things, but I want to take a step away from your running for a minute. Sure. I want to get off the political ball field. And I want to talk about one of the passions that you have. And you've got coming up uh, an event. I do. That is close to my heart as well.
1: Sure passion, and, not politics. And
0: it's perfect timing for it. It's September the 11th. Absolutely. Tell us about what's going on in Tree Corners Town Center and the Veterans Monument.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about that for a minute. Um, put politics aside. Cover up the tag. Um so yeah, I work with veterans, I work with first responders. Um, it is a huge passion of mine. Um, 19 years ago, we had something happen that we swore we would never forget. Mm-hmm. And that, were, that was the events of September 11th. Um, because of COVID, I'm sure for a number of different reasons in Peachtree Corners, there was not a specific um, event planned. Um, I'm very thankful to the um, folks of the city, the people of the city, and the Veterans Monument team, that they allowed me to gather a group to help put something together for that day. Um, I met with uh, Vinnie and John, who own Fire and Stone Pizza, who are New Yorkers. And together, we started building out an event for September 11th. Um, We then, people started coming out of the woodwork to support, so Eden's Flowers donated a wreath Illuminating Designs is doing some lighting that will be on for 24 hours to simulate what um, happens at the Twin Towers um, The Peachtree Corners Business Association is helping to divert some of the costs But at 11 o'clock um, so that we don't interfere with other events that are going on we will have a small event um, Mayor Mason um, May uh, major Restrepo and um, I believe the watch commander at the fire station um, number four will be coming, um, as well as some other folks, uh, Pastor Williams. And we'll just have a small um, and appropriate moment at the Veterans Monument. If it's raining, we'll probably move under cover. And then we'll go over to Fire and Stone Pizza Kitchen, and they will host a New York-style pizza tasting for everybody. And then there's free lunch for all first responders. Um, which will be fun, and then pizza is available for $9.11 to everyone else.
0: I tell you, you know, it's a great way to show support. Uh, I totally agree. We will, at least I'm one of the ones that will never forget. As I told you, 15 days after it happened, I was at Ground Zero, and I'll never forget it as long as I live, the feelings, the, the everything about it. But it is something that's great. I know you're a big sponsor of our first responders. Absolutely. And I think this is great. September the 11th, 2020 at 11 a.m., Peachtree Corners Town Center, Veterans Monument. Uh, And if you are a first responder, you haven't heard of this, if you have the opportunity, please show up over there because uh, it's going to be a great event. And it's just a showing of appreciation for you and what all you do
1: absolutely and lunch is on the house for all first responders Um, one of the things that we will never forget is that when that happened the people who were running to that building were our first responders and for that um, I am and we are truly thankful
0: well we appreciate it very much and just as a shout out to all the private security people out there uh, my personal opinion your first responders from the get-go especially after 9-11 when it when it hits the fan, y'all are usually the first ones on the scene because you're already there and employed. So Absolutely. Uh, you are first responders in my heart and my mind and still working on that classification. So I wanna thank you very much again thank for you. being here. It's,
1: it's been my pleasure.
0: Been a fantastic conversation. I hope people understand a little bit about Who you are and what you are and what you think and and where you stand.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks. You know, I tell my clients all the time that someone's favorite thing to talk about is themselves. So I guess this was sort of fun. I got to talk about me. Well, (laughs) we get on here and
0: talk about garbage.
1: (laughs) Next time we'll do that. We'll talk trash.
0: (laughs) We'll talk trash. There you go. Well, thank you for joining us on Case in Point presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning, or you can listen to our show anytime you want, including this one by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Case in Point. Please let your friends know, your family know uh, about uh, clicking on that, going to Case in Point. And if you would, don't forget to hit that subscribe button for me. Join us next week at 1130 when we will talk with our business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my guest. Miss Erica McCurdy, uh, again candidate for the Georgia 95th, and my my producer Mike, and again remember I'm Rick Strawn, and at Paradigm Security Services we cover more than just your assets.